ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد when we look at surah furqan surah 25 in the quran it begins with tabarak and at the end of the surah there throughout the surah there are references to allah as ar-rahman and at the end of the surah there's this entire beautiful passage dedicated to ibadur rahman the servants of the most merciful and it's also interesting when you take a step back and you look at surah ar-rahman which begins with ar-rahman in the surah and then also at the end tabarak asmu rabbika dhil jalali wal ikram so there there's a connection between baraka and rahma there's a connection between blessing and mercy and allah says at the end of surah al-anbiya that he sent the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam as a mercy to mankind وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ The primary reason why the Prophet was sent وسلم, at the core of it is mercy, is rahma. Even though he was sent as a mercy وسلم, within Surah Furqan, there's an ayah that is supposed to, to really shake us when we come across this ayah. It's supposed to cause me to take a step back and to really reflect on this ayah on a practical level not just theoretically but especially practically allah paints this scene on the day of judgment when the prophet will complain sallallahu alaihi wasallam the mercy sent to mankind sallallahu alaihi wasallam will complain to the most merciful will complain to the most merciful that his own people abandoned this quran wa qala ar-rasul ya rabbi inna qaumi takhadu hadha al-qur'ana mahjura the Messenger وسلم, and what's interesting, just a few verses prior to this, there's a reference to Allah being Ar-Rahman. But even then, mercy is always option number one. The two most paired names of Allah in the Quran are forgiveness and mercy, in connection with forgiveness and mercy. He's the most forgiving, he's the most merciful. Even then, as much as that's clearly option number one, mercy. But there is another option after that, which is justice, which is, which is evening the scales. As much as Allah may be the most merciful, it does not compromise the fact that Allah is al-adil, that Allah is the most just. When you look at the beginning of Surah Al-Rahman, you find... Right from the get-go, this reminder, this emphasis of Allah being the most merciful. The only name of Allah Azza wa Jal that's a standalone ayah in the entire Qur'an is Ar-Rahman. That alone is ayah number one of Surah Ar-Rahman. Emphasizing Allah's mercy, clearly from the get-go. Ar-Rahman allama al-Qur'an khalaq al-insan allamahu al-bayan. The most merciful is the one who taught the Qur'an. The one who created the human being and taught the human being speech. 
as merciful as Allah Azza wa Jal may be, you still find after these first four ayat, عَلَّمَهُ الْبَيَانَ أَشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ بِحُسْبَانِ وَالنَّجْمُ وَالشَّجَرُ يَسْجُدَانِ وَالسَّمَاءَ رَفَعَهَا وَوَضَعَ الْمِيزَانِ أَلَّا تَطْغَوْ فِي الْمِيزَانِ وَأَقِيمُ الْوَزْنَ بِالْقِسْطِ وَلَا تُخْسِرُ الْمِيزَانِ As merciful as Allah is, that's supposed to motivate us and inspire us. And we also need to keep in mind in the back of our minds that we need to worry about that scale too. We need to worry about the balance of things. The Prophet ﷺ is going to complain to Allah Azza wa Jal. Even though Allah is Ar-Rahman, and even though the Prophet was sent as Rahmatan lil-Alameen, he's still going to complain to Allah Azza wa Jal and say, the Messenger will say, and it, th- this is so guaranteed that it's going to happen, it's, it's even, that it's going to happen, it's even in the past tense. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ The Messenger is going to say this, and it's so certain, it's as good as said. That passage is in reference to the Day of Judgment. وَيَوْمَ يَعَدُّ الظَّالِمُ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِي اتَّخَذْتُ مَعَ الرَّسُولِ سَبِيلًا يَا وَيْلَتَ لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أَتَّخَذْ فُلَانٍ خَلِيلًا لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدِ إِذْ جَاءَنِي وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِلْإِنسَانِ خَذُولًا That this passage is dedicated to the Day of Judgment. It's definitely going to happen. Allah is telling us the Prophet will say, وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ O my Lord. Ya Rabbi, Rabb is a, is, a, is a term of nearness. It's softer in comparison to, for example, you find different places in the Quran, you find Allahumma. Allahumma has more weight to it. Rabbi is a softer term of, of, of nearness. Allah is the Rabb, Allah is the caretaker. The Messenger is going to call out and say, My Lord, Ya Rabbi. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّي He's going to call out and say, My Lord, my people, إِنَّ قَوْمِي يَا رَبِّي إِنَّ قَوْمِي My Lord, there is no doubt whatsoever that my people. Now, at face value, this is definitely, from a linguistic perspective, this is definitely in connection to those who the Prophet is related to through his paternal side, through his qawm from a literal sense, that there were people who abandoned the Qur'an. But if we're going to read through this ayah, if I'm going to read through this ayah with a far deeper sense of reflection and responsibility and tadabbur, then I cannot think that it's only referring to those people because the reality is it's not. It's not only referring to some people from Quraysh who responded in this way or that way. It's not, that would be an irresponsible way for me to, to read through this ayah. If I'm going to read through it responsibly as a Muslim, I need to take a step back and think within myself, have I abandoned the Qur'an? Have I abandoned it in terms of connecting with it, in terms of reading, in terms of listening, in terms of reflecting, but especially in terms of application. Is there anything in my character that reflects the ethics of the Qur'an? Because the way that Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha described the Prophet wasallam, that his character was the Qur'an. His character was the Qur'an wasallam. So when this ayah mentions that he's going to call out and say, My Lord, 
there is no doubt that my people, inna qawmi, my people, again, if I'm going to reflect responsibly, I need to think, what about me? Inna qawmi, ittakhadu. There's no doubt that my people took this Qur'an, هذا Qur'an, not even ذَلِكَ, not that Qur'an, this Qur'an right here, هذا Qur'an, mahjura. Subhanallah, the, the, the build-up to the, the breakaway of that last term in this ayah is incredible. It's a very short ayah. But you find a term of nearness, of nearness, of nearness. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا Rabbi, A term of nearness. إِنَّ قَوْمِ A term of nearness. اِتَّخَذُوا They took, a term of nearness, this Qur'an, nearness, mahjura. They completely abandoned it. They completely left it. In theory and in practice. And the scary part is, there are two sides to this coin. There's the fear, but there's also the hope. The scary side of it is, even if I'm reading the Qur'an and listening to it, if I'm not being transformed, even a little bit internally in my heart, then what am I truly gaining from it? No one is saying to not connect with the Qur'an. That should happen, but there are two halves to the equation. There's connecting with the theory and then turning what we can from it into practice. Both are needed. It's like a handshake, right? You need, you need two hands. It can't just be one person putting their hand out and then another person leaving them hanging, right? It, both, both hands, so to speak, need to meet in the middle. There needs to be a balance between the two sides of things. What is the good side of things? What is the hopeful side of things? We can get, I can get, because I need to worry about myself first and foremost, I can get myself out of this predicament by trying to do what I can to connect with the Qur'an little by little by little, one ayah a day goes a very long way, without question, in terms of the theory and in terms of the practice. It's incredible. When you look at the, the, the way that several companions, the way that they approach the Qur'an, it was slow and steady and very deep. Very deep. There were goals of completing a khatam of Qur'an in practice. Subhanallah. In practice. So when, when we're going through the Qur'an, we may not necessarily do that, we may not necessarily be able to do that, but from whatever that daily portion is, whether it be an ayah a day, with understanding, reflection, trying to apply it, trying to live it as best we can, whether it's a page a day, if it's two pages, 20 pages, 100 pages, everyone is different, everyone has different schedules, it's going to be very different for a single college student Who's, who's not working, but they're, they're doing their school full-time in an undergraduate program, their time, generally speaking, especially if they're not working, is going to be very different as opposed to a mother of six children with newborn triplets. It's just, it's going to be totally different. But within each person's capacity, starting with myself, what can I do in terms of wanting to take the theory and put it into practice. And by doing so, little by little by little, how can I get out of being someone who's abandoned the Qur'an if I literally connect with the Qur'an one ayah a day, sincerely and thoroughly, and I try to take what I can from the theory and put it into practice, by doing so, then I'm planting seeds to protect myself from this complaint of the mercy to mankind sent by the Most Merciful. That, that, that's, where, that's where I can start. Let me start there. 
And then whenever I come across an ayah from whatever, whatever that daily amount may be, but with depth, with the intention of practical application, with kindness, mercy, love, and wisdom, through that, then I'm going to start to find this internal process of blossoming. There's going to be this internal metamorphosis, which is when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. That's what's supposed to happen for me, for us in the month of Ramadan. No one is saying not to read, not to go for a certain amount. Or There's good in all of that. May Allah accept from everyone. But we want to combine it and connect it with practical application. And what is the one most significant thing that resulted from the Prophet himself, وسلم, connecting more with the Qur'an in the month of the Qur'an, in the month of Ramadan, with Jibreel salam. The trademark effect that the Qur'an has on a person, and the best example of this is the Prophet himself, والسلام, is he became more financially generous. He gave even more. He would already give and give and give. He was already the most generous person outside of the month of Ramadan. Even then, he had a special Ramadan level that he would elevate to, وسلم, And that, that teaches us that as we're trying our best within our capacity to spend more time with the Qur'an, how do I know if it's fruitful? What is the main thing that should happen on a practical level for me connecting more with the Qur'an? This book of mercy, sent by the most merciful to the mercy sent to mankind, I should become most merciful. Excuse me, I should become more merciful. And a key way for me to live that mercy, a key expression of mercy, is generosity. That's kindness and action. One of the most critical ways to take the theory put into practice, let me give something. Everyone has a different capacity, but I want us to make the intention to give something today to this masjid to help this center. Not just to survive, but to thrive. Not just to make it from one month to the next and one year to the next, but to grow and blossom and, 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 and flourish. Not just in general, but especially in connection with the next generation. I have major worries regarding the next generation. There are way too many youth leaving the beautiful deen of Islam. And a lot of the time it has to do with other issues that may not necessarily have to do with Islam itself. A lot of the time it may have to do with family issues or, or they came across the wrong YouTube video or whatever. Maybe they had a, 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 a Qur'an teacher who used to you know, bring a stick to class and hit them if they made the smallest mistake. And that's literally years of trauma that's building within that person. The trauma is building, but their soul is breaking. The bright side is there is hope, but we have to do what we can here and now. We have to do something about it. It can't just be the theory of we care about the youth and we want to do stuff and we want to help them. Here's a practical opportunity for all of us to give what we can today. So I humbly request after the prayer, if everyone can please give me one minute after the prayer concludes for a very brief fundraiser for our center, please open your hearts and your wallets and give what you can for the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a few quick announcements before concluding 
Dr. Muhammad Dayud and Sister Afisa Husseini, uh, they have they have passed away. We ask Allah to have mercy on them. We ask Allah to forgive them. We ask Allah to grant them Jannah. And we ask Allah to make these difficult times easy for their loved ones, for their family members. Amin Rabbil Alameen. The last thing that I want to mention, when we when we look at, <coughs> excuse me, when we look at the end of Surah Muhammad, named after our beloved Prophet Wasallam, the last ayah is very powerful. It, it's just, it's a very jalali ayah. It's a very blunt, strong, and powerful ayah in which Allah says that you're being called to give for the sake of Allah. That's literally what it says. You all are being called to give for the sake of Allah. And from among you, there are those who are stingy. There are those who refuse to give. And whoever does so, whoever is stingy, look, three times the word stinginess, stinginess, stinginess is mentioned. From Allah Azza wa Jal Al-Kareem, the most generous. He's saying... Even when this invitation is given, when that call is there, there are those among you who are going to withhold and refrain and be stingy. And whoever is stingy, the reality is they're being stingy against themselves. Allah is free of need. Allah is free of need and Allah is telling us, all of you are in dire need. All of us are in dire need. And if you turn away from this, then Allah will replace you with others who are not going to be like you. It's a very strong ayah from Allah Azza wa Jal. But when you take a step back and you balance it out, the Jalali ayahs in the Quran and the Jamali ayahs, and it has its perfect place right there. So I ask each and every one of you to please remain seated after the prayer briefly. Just give me 30 seconds to a minute. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to bless this center always and all of the masajid in the world always. We ask Allah to protect them. We ask Allah to protect the next generation. We ask Allah to protect and guide our youth. We ask Allah to grant all of us the straight path, especially for them, Amir Rabbil Alameen. We ask Allah to elevate them and to make them shining lighthouses for the ummah and for humanity. Kuntum khayra ummatan linnas. We hope and we pray to see that beautiful light within within the next generations to come. And that should be our goal. We ask Allah for that. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasna fi al-akhirati hasna wa qina adhab nar. Rabbana la tu'akhidna inna sina aw akhtaqna. Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamiltahu ala alladhina min qablina. Rabbana wa la tuhammilna ma la taqata lana bihi wa'fu anna. Wa'ghfir lana warhamna anta mawlana fa'ansurna ala al-qawm al-kafirin wa'aqim al-salam.